1: Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. Uh, today we have Jamie here. Uh, hey Jamie, how are you doing today?
2: Hey, good, how are you? Good.
1: And uh, yeah, can you tell me a little about yourself and your business?
2: Yeah, so first of all, this is my husband Dave, and he actually created the business that I'm so passionate about, and now we run it together. I'm a little bit more hands-on, I'm more in the public eye, but for the most part it's definitely definitely ours. So I'll let him kind of talk about how he created it, because it's really his baby. Perfect. Yeah, um,
3: I'm and I started basically training birds out of necessity and accident. Uh, I'm a professional magician by trade. So when I was 13 years old, I started competing with a bird act, a dove act. And as I would make these birds appear and disappear, I realized that I was starting to uh, become pretty good at it and start entering competitions. And when I started to win competitions, I wanted to up my game and add a parrot to the end of the show and realized that my parents' blue and gold macaw was just a trophy pet, like most of them were. And that it was very mean. And so uh, I trained it how to find a dot on the back of a card through trying to understand the psychology of operant conditioning and deciphering it into a way that people could understand, film the whole process and realize that through doing this, Birds became nice. Mm-hmm. And so I set out with our company birdtricks.com to basically make the science of training available in very systematic and a very simple approach for consumers to use just to stop their bird from biting.
1: Yeah. How did you like sort of realize that you want to film this or, you know, eventually maybe sell it to something?
3: You know, I, we wanted to, I, I set out to just film the process to see what it would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, as an entertainer, I film all of my shows so I can go back and critique it. So that was part of it. It's like, okay, hey, I'll film this. So I might as well set up the studio to look good. And at the end of it, I remember thinking, hey, I could sell this to PetSmart. Never did sell it to PetSmart, <laughs> but I've sold it to hundreds of other thousands of people around the world and uh, over the last 20 years or so.
2: Yeah, and kind of our niche market has been that we show how to train untrained birds. Mm. A lot of the things on the market at that time were here's how you put a harness on a stuffed animal parrot instead of
1: yeah.
2: a real parrot. And then if people were using real parrots they were using baby parrots which don't fight anything because they're babies and it just wasn't holistic and we wanted to basically inspire people give them hope and give them a way to say hey you can do this too if we can do this you can do this too and this is our process and we not only show the successes we show the failures which people are too embarrassed to show but we're like hey man here it is we screwed up time and time again it happens and you learn the most through those failures so I think that's really important for people to have in a community base, which is what we've grown our community to, is where you can admit your faults, admit, hey, I'm falling short on this aspect. How can I do better? What's a simple approach or what's an easy goal for myself to set to get there with my bird?
3: Going back to really the founding principle is that birds are the number three most popular pet in the entire world, but the number one most rehomed. And because of that, we really wanted to address that issue and solve that problem of trying to get to the root of why are they such a problem bird, bird and or problem pet and making it so that there is a obtainable tangible way for people to fix it in an easy way
1: and i think something that you brought up earlier david was important and i it's kind of interesting because i think this goes back from your initial background as a magician where you record everything that you do and critique it i think that's very valuable not that many people do that and i think sort of like where did that mindset come from because even for you know myself and other people around me i have calls and I hate recording myself just because I'm like, I don't want to know how I sound like I, even though I know that I need to do that. And when you said that, I was like, Oh, like, yeah, like the best and successful people do record themselves because you want to critique yourself and see how you can improve. Where did yeah. that come from?
3: I think the mindset, well, I mean, it, it started when I was very young. I've always had the philosophy of hurry up and fail. Mm-hmm. And if you just fail after fail, after fail, it's pointless. But if you can go back and watch what your failure point was, you can go in and fine tune and fix those little details. So in a magic show setting, especially working with live birds, I would make one appear and then it would turn into a candle and then a silk and then reappear. And there's going to be 10 10 or 15 things that take place in that three second window. So if there is a partial mistake, I would have to look at the every little detail. Was this hand too high, too low? Was I looking in the wrong direction? And those were the things that I had to improve on as a performer to make it better for the audience to see. And simple things like just making eye contact with different parts of the room, Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't be able to realize, like in the height and the adrenaline of a live show, you think you nailed it. And then you go back afterwards, you're like, oh, that was awful. (laughs) And, And that's where you make that, That's where you learn the most, is through that comfort and through that those little challenges.
1: Yeah, because that that makes sense. Because I mean, we watch sports and we see it all the time. The best athletes are always rewatching film, and it's essentially kind of like what you're doing, entrepreneur. It's like watching your mistakes, watching your failures, but also seeing the good stuff that you did. And I don't think that many entrepreneurs do that. So when I said that, I was like, oh, it's interesting that you do that. And uh, it reminds me of an athlete where you just want to get better improve and see what are the small tweaks that you can make every time. Yeah,
3: well it's also proved beneficial in other ways too because now with filming uh, at 240 frames per second on an iPhone for example I can go back through at a client in Florida that was missing these signs of aggression with her bird and it happens in a millisecond but what we can do is we can break that second into 240 frames in HD and I can go frame through frame and show her that's where she made the mistake and in the bird industry and in any live animal situation uh, we have other animal training experience as well you see these minute micro changes of a feather sticking up that that wouldn't otherwise there's all these little signs that we we have learned to read over time but now we use that video to be able to help educate other people to see those signs of fear and aggression so they can avoid getting bitten or whatever the problem Maybe so the videos become and stayed a huge part of what we do. Yeah.
1: Okay. Perfect. And then I'm guessing for you guys, you, you highly recommend your clients to sort of record everything they're doing. That way you can go back and critique them.
2: Yes. Not only do we want to see what they're doing, because most of the time when a client says, this is the problem I'm having, it's not actually the problem that they're having, or it's not stemming from what they're explaining to us. We see something entirely different when they send us a video. So we rely on being able to actually see things for ourselves and analyze and dissect those. But we also have found that we're able to teach our clients to be trainers as well Mm -hmm. by videotaping. And I get to a point with them after they've been with us for a while where I'm like, watch your own video back and tell me what you did right and wrong. Mm -hmm. Like you be the trainer and you analyze your own video and you tell me and I make notes while I watch it and I see if our notes line up. And that's what really gets me is when I see them becoming a trainer and thinking like a trainer and analyzing behavior versus just being like, well, it was just a random bite. Um, Because that's not thinking like a trainer. It's never random.
3: To put it in another industry, another perspective, you know, when we were living in Orlando, I was going to the gym every day and I was trying to get bigger. And I went to the supplement superstore afterwards. And, and I mean, I had a personal trainer, I was going six days a week. And so I went to get like a workout supplement or some protein. And she asked me like, oh, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I go home and I have like a ham and cheese sandwich. And she just like puts her (laughs) hand in her face and shakes her head. So in other words, what I thought my problem was uh, a new supplement that I was missing, or maybe to get the look I wanted, I needed to lift more. It was super obvious to the outside eye that it was like, well, you should probably make these little micro adjustments in your diet. And that's what we try to do, too. And when, when customers come to us, they, they really think that their problem is, is one thing, but we, from a totally different side, are able to address it.
1: Okay, perfect. And then going back to, I guess, when you first started, when you were making your videos, you said that you guys wanted to sell it to, was it smart, right? Did you guys try to contact them? Did they contact you? Um, what was the relationship there?
2: Yeah, we never really heard back. There's a lot of websites where you can kind of submit your work and they're supposed to like make it the rest of the way or you can go in the stores, which most people in the stores just don't know the hierarchy to be able to contact. We also went in the stores to see what is there, what could we get into this. Um, But at the time, DVDs weren't weren't really in stores. They were more into books and things of that nature. Um, So we kind of went a different route and realized... We'll just make our money through our own website, selling it ourselves. But we never got a back and forth with Petco. We never really got a response, to be honest.
3: There's the other side of that. It's like it's a political game, right? Because I didn't have initials behind my last name. I couldn't be taken serious. And the reality of that situation is because I didn't have initials behind my last name is why I should have been taken serious. I wasn't approaching it from a scientific background. I was approaching it from a user-friendly background, which was totally different because at the time when we started, all of the books would say like, oh, the antecedent preceding the, the operant conditioning and positive reinforcement, it was like-
2: And the consequence, and it's like, what? <laughs>
3: if the bird did something good, give me a treat. That's what we did. <laughs> and so uh, I, I realized early on too, I didn't want to play the political game of, of all that BS. I just wanted to go direct to con- the consumer. And that has its benefits and its disadvantages or challenges. But at the end of the day, we're able to help people better because we offer more one-on-one service. Through birdtrickstore.com or some of our other resources, and we're able to to reach those people directly versus through a, a, a big pet
1: shop. Yeah, and, and yeah, this I think this makes I think it's a good lesson here. It's like sometimes other entrepreneurs are waiting for permission, like an, an initial or a degree, but you don't need that. You have the skill and and the tenacity to do it yourself, and it really gets to a big point that you pointed out, like because you don't have that degree or. The initial that makes you better and a good example is look at something like uber or airbnb those founders like like oh like the founders have never driven a taxi cab they've never ran a hotel business but they're the ones that are innovating like you guys doing something different because you're thinking about it in a different way than the people that are just uh taught about it versus yeah. you guys are practitioners and want to get better
3: and here's the thing i'm probably never going to go work in hollywood i will never go to film school mm-hmm. Yet we've filmed and self-produced our own TV series called One Day Miracles, where we went into the homes of 12 different people. We spent one day and we turned their bird's behavior problem from a problem to a solution. And we produced that ourselves. We didn't go to film school. Um, I'm working on some new 4K setup, and I spend 30 minutes on YouTube learning how to run a camera and how to white balance. I don't need to go to film school to activate my creative mind. I just need to go on YouTube and look up like, hey, what's the best way to apply something and that's also what we're, what we're able to do through the bird industry. But, yeah, I've never let, let an education stop me from learning, a formal yeah. education.
2: Yeah, you can get an education anywhere. I feel like if you just work hard enough, you can find the answer for yourself. You don't have to go into $250,000 debt to yeah. find it. Yeah, an like answer.
1: something noted for yeah. film school. Yeah, <laughs> no, everything, yeah, especially now, I mean, you guys probably know, everything's on YouTube, everything's on Google. You just have to be, have that mindset of, okay, I want to learn this. It's going to take time and I'm going to have to put in the hours for it. Some people just want that quick result, but like you have to just learn it and do the same thing over and over again. Like even Photoshopping or video editing, it's cutting that clip hundreds of times until it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Perfect. And then I guess, I guess for the next question I have for you guys is, you know, talk to you a little bit about Trick store, you know, how did you come up with the domain name, you know, how did you figure out how to make the website? Um, what was that? What did that entail for you guys?
3: Geez, it goes way back to where domains were like you could buy almost abc.com and get it. So I wanted something originally that, that just made sense. And what we were doing is we were teaching birds tricks. So the original website was just birdtricks.com. And this actually leads into a totally different topic of, of business partners and that type of thing. But uh, to cut to the answer, we morphed it away from just birdtricks.com to birdtricksstore.com. Because of some business partnership things that uh, I'm I'm sure most entrepreneurs would be able to resonate with, uh, difference of views and opinions, but um, we wanted something that basically we learned that through teaching tricks to your birds, they became nice. And
1: so it was just simply bird tricks. Mm, Okay. And then for your website, how did you guys like decide, how do you, as for entrepreneurs, how do you decide what products to make, what courses to make? How does that sort of dictate what you guys do?
2: Honestly, we offer a lot of one-on-one consultations and we were getting the same questions over and over again. I mean, it became a script. The two of us would do a consultation, we'd get an answer and we'd just like almost go into a script because that's how it became. And we had said it so much that we were just like, okay, let's film a product that answers all these questions. So now we can tell people, go over here. We can film it in a way where we use B-roll, which is um, basically like, helping footage you know and so we just were able to show the body language and what dave was saying that really slow footage like slow-mo so that we could spell it out for people and that's how we came up with our family friendly series which is our family friendly parrot series and we did a second one because we did consultations after doing the first one and answered those questions so honestly it comes from our consumers they ask us certain questions and we see uh, basically, an opportunity to create something where we're just like, okay, there's a need for this. Let's go and create. And um,
3: yeah, at the root of every entrepreneur's business is what problem can you solve? And so we just ask our customers, and <laughs> what's your problem? <laughs> and and so we fix it. Yeah. Hey, we won't do a consult until you watch our first DVD. Then we had a lot better results. We were able to get further on the second one. And so now it's like, hey, you don't get a consult until you watch both videos. And now we're like at a spot where we can nitpick the little things but you know you hear a lot of entrepreneurs talk about it a lot like oh just ask your client base and what that meant for us because it it wasn't as easy as just emailing because again if you think your problem is your fat it might be that you need to work out more but the solution is you need to watch what you're eating Mm -hmm. same thing with our business they might think that their problem is that the bird screams too much but it might all be diet based Mm -hmm. and we will go through and and coach them on that. So for us, it was getting these one-on-one consultations. It wasn't just emailing the list because they're going to give you what they think the problem is. It was making those one-on-one conversations so that we were telling them the solution over and over and over to the point where it was just every single consult started with the exact same thing. And then once, if they had that, the next one was the next thing and they shaped the course for us.
1: Okay. And then I guess for your business, um, Do you guys still do a lot of consultations, and is it like in person, over the phone, Skype? How do you guys sort of think about consultations?
2: Yeah, so our consultations are still kind of our bread and butter. They come in really through our YouTube channel because we show – We're able, our clients are so amazing. They let us videotape our one-on-one consultations. So we work with them in their homes. We're able to go in with video cameras and then videotape and put it on YouTube to show what we were able to accomplish with that one person, which usually inspires people. They usually get an aha moment of, oh, I was doing that. Now I learned this and I can change that about myself. Um, And they can do consultations with us via FaceTime, Skype. Any sort of way, even just a normal phone call. We're going to Las Vegas to meet up with one of our clients. So we travel to them, they travel to us. It's just kind of anything, anywhere, anytime for our consultations. But yes, we enjoy doing them and they really help us connect with our audience.
3: Yeah, and it's one of our, our favorite ones. I don't know if you were, what kind of research you did on us, but we were flown out to David Copperfield's private islands to train him and his birds for 10 days. And it's that's you know the in-home stuff is what is really or in island in this case uh, is what really resonates with the with the individual client. And so whether it's a person next door or it's a celebrity, we we can try to fill all those gaps and and. Get as much one on one as we can because that's where it makes the biggest impact.
2: Yeah, we even have a tour uh, planned out to go to Australia all of September and like a month in or a week into October just because we had so many people wanting to work with us in person. And we started offering what we call master classes where we go and we work with four birds at a time and their owners. And everybody gets to not only work with us one on one with their bird, but they get to watch three other people fail and succeed too, which means they're getting like four times the value out of that course that they would normally get just working with us one-on-one because they get to see the mistakes other people make as well and apply it to themselves.
0: No, that, yeah, that, that
1: makes sense. I think that four or five person type of classes, it's exactly, yeah. you see what other people are doing. Even for me, I've taken like courses and when you see other people doing it and you know that they're also struggling with that same sort of, you know, fear or thing they need, it makes you confident and saying, hey, like if they could do it, I could do it too it's mental sometimes too, because you might just feel like, oh, it's just me, but showing other people out there that also that same issue works. Um, Yeah,
3: it might be again, jumping back to the earlier reference, like what they think the problem might be or what the solution might be, there might be a few different ways to get there. Like one of the classes, this sounds very uh, bland on surface level, but we teach a bird to touch the end of a stick. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of things that happen in that. And we had one class, where we had four different birds that all learned how to touch the stick through a different method of getting there because the challenge that each bird had was so unique um, that we, they all had to see, they understood the importance of it by watching four different f- ways of failing. Uh, and then, yeah. It's, yeah, because it's, a lot of so the times
2: we, we teach what it's called as targeting. We teach it, and then when people go to apply it, they're like, oh, my bird's scared of the stick. He won't touch it. Okay. And it's like, you can't, oh there there's a way to work with a fearful bird and there's a way to work with an aggressive bird and there's a way to work with a curious bird and there's different techniques you can take to get there there's all these different routes you can take and so opening people's minds up to realizing you don't just stop when you hit your first roadblock there's ways around that to just keep going and and keep on your path of success is really important to us and that's why we have our our youtube channel and all of our articles to inspire and motivate people to make that difference and try we just want people to try
1: Yeah. yeah I think that's, yeah, I think that that's a big lesson with like most things. It's, you see like anything, video editing, photo editing, you see it one way, but there's hundreds of ways to do the same thing, especially um, with tools and in life in general as well. Um, okay. Another question for you guys is, I guess this is the biggest thing that entrepreneurs struggle with is like, how do you guys get traffic to your website? How do people know about you guys? You know, where does that come from? You know, is it word of mouth, you know? Do you guys use advertising, stuff like that?
2: Yeah, we use a lot of different methods. I think because we're so hands-on with our clients and customers that word of mouth is really huge for us. We, you know, always try to encourage people to share things, thumbs up things, um, pass it along. When we do in-home consults, that goes really, really far with our clients and they kind of become super fans. Mm -hmm. We have a course that is a free flight course where we've literally ended up best friends with every single client we've done that course with because we're spending so much time with them. And it's such a bonding experience, not only for their bird, but for us and these people to see them succeed and work so hard for that success. But honestly, our YouTube channel has been probably the main traffic sort of driven source lately. Um, But even that is its own beast, because I'll put up a video that I'm like, oh, this is going to be amazing. This is going to go viral. And then it gets like 10,000 views and it just sits there. And I was (laughs) like, huh okay and then the one that i gave no tune to that i was just like yeah it's okay goes viral and hits a million and i'm like yeah Wait. so figuring that out and figuring out what people want and what drives them i think is an ever-changing so ever-evolving and ever-learning beast of itself but we drive a lot of organic traffic through our facebook our instagram just all those things of connecting we we're both creatives yep. so all the best sales people Um, but I think that people find that endearing in a way because I, we have a toy line and I like to show how destroyed our toys are. So I don't show how pretty and cute they are because that doesn't matter. What matters is your bird turning them into toothpicks. And so that's like what I like to show. And then it's kind of like swipe up to get your toys. So we kind of use those tactics to drive traffic and get curiosity and, And get people interested. We also do a lot of giveaways and contests so people are sharing and liking content and just kind of using it and applying it. I love when people write us and say, I used your method and it worked for me and I saw results in this amount of time and we can share stuff like that that motivates the next person.
3: I recently read a book called Marketing to Gen Z and I thought it was really fast it first painted the story and the, the, the reason behind why we should all as business owners market to Generation Z rather than millennials or whoever else. And the, the purchasing power of Gen Z is incredible. If you haven't read the book, I suggest it. But what it really focuses on is on authenticity and basically building the, our personal brand, our business brand. If people like us, they will buy into what we're doing and the purchasing becomes natural. People want to buy and people also support what they like. Uh, They like to support what they help create. So they get to help us in the creation of these different products and this content. And we're very open and transparent and authentic about how we're doing that. Also a really good friend of mine, Murray Sawchuck, he's a magician in Las Vegas. He is on YouTube with over a million subscribers. And I asked him a while back, I said, Hey, he's got a, a Vegas headlining show. And I said, what if you had to pick one thing what is your number one source for how people are purchasing tickets to your show I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this but he told me very matter-of-factly there's not one way it's two from youtube one night it's two from the box office at caesar's it's two from mgm it's three from over here it's a referral from down the street and collectively that sells out a show but in his business and i think as as well as all businesses if you're depending on one source mm-hmm. to bring in like your multitude of leads you're you're making a a business failing mistake. Because if Google AdWords changes their algorithm, then all of a sudden, you lost 80% of your business. And I've seen that happen to a lot of people. Yeah. So about finding and doing as much in as many different places, I think, in my opinion, as much as you can.
2: And to be honest, our, again, our clients kind of dictate everything. <laughs> they recently told me to create a Patreon. And it was a few months ago, they're like, you should be on Patreon. And yeah. I thought, man, I put free videos on YouTube, who's going to pay for for more videos? And how am I going to make it different and unique? And I just, my my brain was just like, I can't even fathom creating that extra content. Well, I, I already had like a list of what I wanted to start putting on YouTube and one of my clients was like you should put that on Patreon and I just thought man I put it off for months I recently yeah. did Patreon the first month I was just playing around and people found it they weren't supposed to find yeah. it yet <laughs> uh, and I made like 68 bucks yeah, the really- second month I actually started working on it it jumped up to over 300 oh and now I'm like okay I didn't believe in myself for that I had a client pushing yeah. me to do it And now I'm so grateful that I did because we're having so much fun with it. My editing skills have gone up. We've learned so much about different platforms and different people, and we've really created super fans on it, and it's just a really safe platform where we're able to offer a totally different side of content that I don't offer on YouTube, where it's a closer look into who we are as people outside of bird training, which is something I would never (laughs) say, come judge me on, on YouTube. Um, So So yeah, some people
1: don't know what Patreon is, it's pretty much like a donation platform or like a private platform where hosts like you guys can, um, you know, get private videos or different type of content. Yep. Yeah, then,
0: I
3: would look at less of a as a donation and more of like you have a subscription to Hulu or Netflix because you like, like we got sucked into Hulu because we watched a lot of Family Guy before we had a daughter, right? <laughs> so we would binge watch it. So we ended up hey, for five bucks a month, you don't have to have the ads. So to me, I view it like that. Like mm-hmm. that's a platform that people can spend and then have extra access to us more so than a donation thought process. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's of- a place, it's
1: basically a place to support the people you want to watch. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. It's a
2: huge support platform. And I even had a consultation if they offer like a free consultation once mm-hmm. you first get started. And I ignored it the first few times. And yeah. I was like, no, I should probably make sure that I'm actually going about this. All right. And he gave me a lot of great advice and also said I was doing things correctly because what I did on the platform is I went and I looked at what other people were doing. And a lot of people had come over from YouTube and basically said, hey, I'll give you guys free access for an extra five bucks a month. Mm-hmm. You get early access to my YouTube videos. And I thought, I'm a patient person. I would just wait the five days, yeah. not pay extra, and just watch the videos on YouTube. So to me, there was no value in that. So yeah. I thought, I'm going to Patreon this unique experience, this personalized experience, something I would never share outside of Patreon. And I just want people to That's find What's that so you
3: wouldn't share? Outside oh, of YouTube. yeah, that
2: I would share outside of YouTube. Um, and I just wanted it to be kind of over delivering, mm-hmm. so giving more value than they even expect. So, what my tears say is one thing, but what I actually deliver is another, yeah. And so, I just want to blow people's expectations out of the water with that. And I think that we've been able to do that, and I honestly feel like it's benefited us more so in our business than almost I feel like we've benefited those people. <laughs> you
3: know, yeah, Back yeah, to the, the earlier statement like, people really help support what they help build and that patreon has been a great platform for that yeah
1: yeah and, and, and it goes exactly to what you guys are saying or you know your own personal brand is super important nowadays because people want to connect with other people not brands anymore and that's sort of why a lot of people still want to support small businesses and entrepreneurs that are doing it themselves we work with a lot of companies and we always tell our founders hey like you need to be the face of the company and a lot of people are afraid to be the face of the company because they just don't want, they just want to sit behind, but that's not how marketing is nowadays. Um, People want to know who is that person running the business. And I mean, this just makes sense. Like people sometimes don't get it, but like the people that you follow, like guys like LeBron James, you like, you like whatever he does because of him, not because of like Nike and Nike sponsors him because they know people love him. So it's the same thing with a small business, like our hours that we have is like, you need to be out there promoting your stuff telling people and, and having to support you.
3: Yeah. And there's, you know, there's a lot of hype right now and it's a buzzword to say like, Oh, I've got a personal brand and this, that, and the other. But I think what it is is just tying in what you, who you are naturally and finding a way to tie it into your business. Like for us, the birds are the business, mm-hmm. but beyond that, we take our birds out to the desert or different locations all across the us to free fly them to, as a thank you for letting us, you know, exploit you for money in a sense of like, you know, we're training and helping people. Yeah. Um, but is our like, thank you in a way of giving back to the birds. We take them out free flying. So now not only is it a, here's how to, but then here's the adventure and travel story of this journey that everybody's on with us and where does the bird go? And, and, and then there's this uh, the other adventure that comes with it and meeting new people and helping them through their struggles. And so all of that has, it's, the brand is no longer like, Hey, we train birds tricks. Yeah. It's, it's grown into like, these are who the people are behind that. And, and that's something that's irreplaceable. At the end of the day, we could step away from the business and yeah, people would still get great content and how to train birds. But because I think the personal brand is so important, they're seeing us travel with our birds for shows and perform with them on stage. And, you know, all of that stuff is built into this. And by the way, we're teaching how to build some, teaching how to train some of your birds. friends. yeah,
2: and honestly, because of Dave's uh, background in entertainment, he was always very comfortable. I would yeah. say on camera, he always did pretty well. And still to this day, I'm like, he's way better teacher. He's way better with humans than I am. I just prefer to stick to the birds. <laughs> yeah, um, <Which> like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's become like an ongoing joke. It's like, man, if Jamie steps in, like Dave's obviously had it. Can't get through yeah. to those people. Here comes Jamie. Um, but honestly, having to kind of come forward in the business was never a plan of mine. I'm kind of used to being the magician's assistant yeah. and kind of being on the side. And so for me, when my videos started going viral on YouTube, which were just me, is very raw, working mm-hmm. with birds, showing the mistakes, showing the successes, and I was taking on clients' birds Dave was getting paid training one of their birds. And I would see another one and say, hey, can I work with that one? I'm not going to guarantee anything, but I just want to try and get experience. Mm -hmm. And then I would videotape it and put it on YouTube so people could see these transformations. And what happened, I don't think any of us expected, but I started working with a 45-year-old Amazon parrot who was being fed hamburger meat and was Mm -hmm. severely obese. And in 45 days, he was an outdoor flyer. And he was incredibly healthy. And it was just this amazing transformation that I never even planned. I just said, let me try and see what happens. Um, The same thing with Morgan, a handicapped macaw that I worked with. Over four months, I transformed her into an outdoor flyer. And everybody was able to get behind her because I had never worked with a handicapped bird before. Mm -hmm. And the main thing that I did was I didn't treat her any differently. Everybody else had treated this bird so differently and made all these... um, I don't even know what you would call it like
3: excuses.
2: A lot of excuses, but they also would overcompensate for her when it wasn't necessary. And so I was the only one that treated her like a normal bird and she thrived on it. And and I think people could really get behind these transformations. And so when those pushed me forward and they, they would get to our website and be like, Hey, where's Jamie? <laughs> I was like, uh oh. Yeah. Dave, Dave and I were this needs to be more the two of us and so that's kind of what happened there but i've always felt like he's so much better at explaining he'll always joke at my um what is it analogies don't make any (laughs) sense
1: (laughs) but i I think this is a good lesson here kind of like what you're saying earlier sometimes you just have to put out content out there because you don't know what people are going to respond to and you can't be afraid to just be like hey i'm going to do a video even though it's not the best edited video yet or the best cut Sometimes it's about the content, not exactly how you cut it or splice it up. Because eventually, you know, your videos now are much better. But in the beginning, it was just, let me just show people what I'm doing. And I think, uh, awesome.
2: yeah. Yeah. Like,
3: so the hurry up and fail, right? Like the first videos that she did, people just complained and bitched all day long about, oh, your audio sucks. Yeah. Well, great, the content was good. Turn up your speaker, yeah. right? And now she understands how to do the limiter yeah. and all this other stuff and make the audio better. But, but those are things like, we. See here in the studio right now, we've got microphones that are better than the last video. And if you're, uh, we have lighting that's better backdrops and, and everything about what we're doing now is better. And it should be, we should look at this a year from now and laugh at how ridiculous it looked because we should be that much further ahead next time. But there, so many people are crippled by, mm-hmm. by fear of failure or crippled by the fear of taking action. And, and it's like you said, it's about putting out quality content and doing it at like, at a steady pace and mm-hmm. a predictable pace. And I think with those two things, if people schedule out what they're gonna do and when, and don't worry about the quality, the quality will come, you know, as far as a production quality, but the content needs to be. Quality.
2: Yeah, and that's something we learned early on because I am not a good video editor. I was opening up iMovie and, and doing this whole thing by myself. And, you know, I was just like, oh, how do I do this? How do how do I do that? I don't know anything about audio. I don't know anything about any of that. And I was editing with headphones. So I was driving people crazy. Um, Dave is a brilliant editor, but I didn't want to bug him making so many videos. And he made this brilliant video of our client in Hawaii. It was so beautifully edited. He had drone footage and he had like all these different things and it was had this music and it was so timed well. And then I made this honky donk 20 minute video of how I worked with this bird for an entire day. And I hit almost 2 million views. And his video had 10,000. Yeah, the
3: pretty one hardly did anything.
2: He's just like, what? And he was watching my video like, oh my gosh, how are people? And it was that, not that there was any difference in content, but mine was a transformation. Mm. And the content was so good in quality that people were benefiting so much that we've always preached quality over quantity even when it comes to like anything with people's birds. They'll always ask, how long should I have my bird out of its cage? It really doesn't matter. You need to be looking at the quality of time that you spend with your bird, not the quantity of time. Yeah,
3: yeah it didn't matter if her video was filmed on a flip
1: phone with with <laughs> no sound. <laughs> uh, the, the, potato, the potato camera.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. It's so grainy and stuff, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, I think it was a good lesson. Just like, just put out content, being consistent with the content and, I think, like you said before, a lot of people just get um, analysis paralysis. I need the best mic. I need the best this. I need the best that. Those are all excuses. Just plan out the content, put it out there. And like you said before, a year from now, it should be better because you want to get better and you know that your audience needs that now. Yeah.
2: yeah. And, and you're never going to start out perfect. You're never, never going to start out knowing everything and having it just nailed on day one so like dave says hurry up and fail just put the content out there and mm-hmm. learn and grow i wouldn't have known that i had audio issues if somebody hadn't commented and said like oh man i love this video but whoa you need to learn audio and it was like oh because
3: okay YouTube, she's censoring it quite a bit more than it actually was you, it? Know,
2: YouTubers, man, they're,
1: they're, is, uh, you know it's crazy for your business and your team like how how big is your team you know um, the store, the training, the consultation, the video editing, you know, how big is your team?
2: Shockingly small. It's me and Dave are really the, the forerunners and we have one other person, Wendy, who is the beating heart of bird tricks. She ships our stuff. She manages everything. She's our customer service. She makes sure that everything is running. She does our web. Um, okay. Dave and I are, are also capable. We set everything up, but she keeps that thing, that heart
1: beating. The operations person. Yeah.
3: I think it's really important too. Like, uh, I don't know if you follow Andy Frisella and any of his podcasts. If you don't, you should. Uh, it's MF CEO project. Just going to give him a little plug there. Because oh, I, 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 I follow his
1: podcast. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, and he always says like, the warehouse people are some of his smartest people because they're the ones that are handling the product Right before the customer gets it, so they can't be the people that are eight dollars an hour. They have to be the people that are that are your your best people because they're the ones that ultimately give the product to the consumer. And Wendy's that person for us for sure. And we have we have a lot of freelance people that we work with. Um, like for our Australia tour, we're working with uh, a fourth individual who's done some some outside work for us in the past, but. But pretty much, it's a core group of three people. Yeah, as
2: far as consistent people that are on deck, I guess, like yeah. all hands on deck, it's three of us. But we've also hired people, people for design work, and we've hired people for outside consultations. Or um, I guess I don't know. What
1: you call
3: we it. hire them when it's something we're not
1: good at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think I think you brought up a good point there. With like sometimes with customer service reps, or even someone just you know talking to customers directly, you want someone good. And paid well because they're the ones who are like your liaisons between your customer and yourself and your business. And you want I'll put to it this way
3: up. if it comes down to us paycheck or her, she gets a paycheck. We want to make sure that that she is is happy because at the end of the day, you don't have the business if your customer service person is upset right. or or whatever. So hundred percent agree with what you're saying. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that
1: until it's too late. And it's like, well, your customer service reps aren't being paid well. So they don't care about the business like as much as you do. So make them care and we always tell clients who work with is like you know they're kind of like customer service but also they're kind of like a little bit of sales reps so they have to have some fire in them to get that sale and that's what people like they're, they're the ones saying like why should i buy this product That's really knowledgeable with the products that you have and why you should buy them and they need to care a little bit yeah, yeah. the cool
2: thing about wendy is she actually started out as a customer of ours mm. and then transitioned into the business side of things so and she's so amazing and she's been doing customer service so long which i have never done so when she'll ask me for you know a response to an email i'll send her my response and then she literally like edits it and then sends it on because yeah
3: (laughs) where i just forward the email and don't respond she she does it for me because she's not i'm not going to do it nearly the justice that she will and she'll likely upsell them on something that is going to better fit that that consumer's needs right and not only did she service them better, but she made the business more money and gave them a better product at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, Jamie and David, and the last question I have for you guys is, where can we go to learn more about you guys and to learn more about your products?
2: Yeah, so our main website is birdtricksstore.com. Our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash birdtricks. And everything else is pretty much facebook.com forward slash birdtricks, twitter.com forward slash birdtricks. And then our Instagram is instagram.com forward slash tricks official. And that's kind of where you can learn about everything that we're doing. Our YouTube channel shows us doing consultation. It shows us behind the scenes with our touring and how we live and train all the birds Uh, a little pretty much shows a little bit of everything. And Patreon is kind of a crash course in parent education. So we show the family side of ourselves a lot more and share a more personal side, but also we have something called Vertrix Tuesdays, which is Gonna blow people's minds on parrot education, yeah. like be prepared to take notes. Um, so I would say those are our main sources, main hubs, and the website's really are bread and butter as far as birdtrickstore.com, which really just acts as a resource for parrot owners. They can get our training materials, our parrot food, our toys, everything.
1: Right? Uh, thank you so much, Damien. David I had a pleasure talking to you guys, and I know everybody here is gonna go ch- check out their store, birdtrickstore.com. Uh, thanks, guys. Thank awesome, you. thank you.
0: This week's episode of Digital Marketing Fastlane was brought to you by the performance marketing experts at Voy Media. Join us again next time as we'll be bringing you more tips, techniques, and know-how to make your online business the very best that it can be. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, we'd love to hear them on Twitter at Voi Media. Thank you.